how do you find yourself within the music? I'm Tiffany, your host here at Yala Rocks, and today's guest, Katayoon, shines some light on the subject for us today. Finding our own unique voice within this dance form is something that a lot of us struggle with, but it comes down to one thing, how we hear and interpret the music. And to do that, it's super helpful to have a basis of knowledge about the music itself to draw from. Today, Katayoon is hanging out with us to discuss the beauty and richness of Arabic music and gives us some tips that we can use to really start to internalize the music and let our bodies respond. It's a fascinating topic and I can't wait to jump in with you. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Katayoon is here with us today to talk about music. Katayoon, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So can you introduce yourself for some of our new listeners? Tell, tell everybody a little bit about you, your background, you know, where, where dance kind of plays into all the things. Sure. So I am originally from Iran, but I've been an American citizen for a long time. And I've actually actually grew up here. I started dancing as a teen and I was one of those pageant girls that everyone complains about. I, I know you've <laughs> seen the posts and I've, I've written about it a lot, but I had a great teacher and it really wasn't something I was going to pursue, but it just kind of kept creeping back into my life as a source of personal expression and a way to connect to my even though iran isn't really uh one of the belly dance countries it still connected me to my culture and that actually led me to study persian dance and along in the in my journey early on i was very curious and not so confident in how i was dancing to different music and that's kind of where my nerdy side Kind of came out or I really wanted to pursue the music and understand what different styles of music. Hey, can I belly dance to this? Or I would hear some music and um, that would be kind of a thing that would motivate me. And I just kept going and eventually became professional, professional <laughs> and started teaching um, at a young age. And moved around in different cities and just kept on learning more and more wrote some books and did some workshops and here i am <laughs> here you are and in the bundle this year your course is all around this idea of demystifying egyptian classical music right so right let's let's dive into this a little bit more tell us about the course right? Like yeah. why, why did the nerdy side come out? Like what was, what was driving this kind of desire to understand more? And then what did that do for your dance? Because it obviously did a lot if you're here creating a course all about this concept. Yeah, that is something that goes back actually to my, my like baby roots, literally baby roots. So it, music and dance have been a part of my upbringing in a sense and for as long as i can remember and in times when i when we weren't able to participate in dance and music it was something that whenever the opportunity came up uh, with my family to listen to, to music uh, or to go to an event or something it was a big deal because when um in in 
Persian culture and I would, would say in Middle Eastern culture, in the home, music is a really big part of your upbringing. Even as a professional dancer in my professional work with young people from uh, different Middle Eastern countries, Arabs and Iranians, the younger people would say, yeah, my, my uh, parents and my grandparents, they play this music all the time, but I don't know how to dance to it. That was kind of like, you know, the, you know how they got into my classes. But what as a younger dancer, I knew I loved the music, at least the belly dance music. And I was always curious about it. And I didn't always understand where it fit in into my instruction. And I didn't mm. have a very consistent teacher. And I did a lot of workshops. That's mainly how I learned. I just went to a bunch of workshops and learned as much as I could. But the music part was still really missing. And it then became part of my focus. And that's this is when the internet was kind of blowing up. And I was like, oh my God, somebody put rhythms on the internet. And I was like, rhythms? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I have to know what these rhythms are. And so it was, it was a thing of, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And that's kind of how I got to the nerdy side is like, oh my God, I didn't know there was rhythms. <laughs> I didn't know there, there was all this stuff. And so one thing lead, led me to another. And I, with the, with the internet, of course, you know, lots of things were now accessible and then um, workshops became accessible. So then this became a focus, understanding the music because I wanted to know if I want to choreograph something for myself or I want to perform something, what kind of music should I use? Because I, I in, in kind of intuitively knew there was some music that, uh, for example, there was some Iranian folklore music that I got and being from the culture, I really didn't understand the difference. I was like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll belly dance to it. And I just knew something wasn't right. I was like, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. This doesn't feel like I could belly dance or do this type of move, the moves I knew, which were very little at the time. I was like, I just don't feel it. Um, and over time, you know, I, I learned, oh, there's, there's different styles of music that you're supposed to dance to this way. And, and I think that came, became apparent to me um, when I started studying folklore and I started taking a lot of folklore workshops Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't really know what folklore was, <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's folklore. Oh, Kane. Okay. I, I've seen that. Okay. I think I know what it is. And I think that's kind of, uh, it just kind of grew from there. Um, understanding that. And then of course I was teaching and I didn't want to say something that was incorrect or um, teach things that I didn't know about. And students would, you know, they would ask, where does this music come from? And, you know, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, and then that's kind of when I was like, okay, well, I need to, I need to learn about the music before I teach something. And, you know, sometimes it's your students or it takes an outside influence to kind of say, um, well, what is that? You know, where does that what's that where does that come from and um you know why do you dance to it like that and so i started asking those questions and 
and that and it just really took root for me um especially after the first few years i was teaching and performing at the same time um when i moved into my new area there was a huge arab iranian population and that's kind of where it was like really motivating i was like oh these people know their culture they know what it is that you know you're supposed what it's supposed to look like what music you're supposed to use and so it was a really big motivation to you know get it right and you know not screw it up too badly because you know you know we always screw up a little bit in the beginning but i just didn't want to um you know be embarrassed honestly it's like i didn't i didn't want to be embarrassed um and i think that it really helped because oftentimes I would, you know, they would ask me, are you Egyptian? And I'd be like, no, I'm Iranian. And that kind of made sense, but it's not exactly the same. Uh, but, it, you know, it's it's close. You managed to to get close enough that they right. weren't sure, you know. <laughs> and I feel like that you're describing so many people's experience because if you have a teacher who knows their music, they know that part and they make that part of their teaching, then, you know, you come up a little bit differently, but I feel like so many dancers come up under teachers that just kind of play the music in class. And even if maybe they know things, they don't necessarily make it part of the instruction. It's just kind of like, if you ask, they'll tell you, but it's not like just given out. It's not made part of like the deal of learning, like it is to learn a shimmy or to learn a chest drop, you know, or the correct posture. Like it's not just assumed that you're also going to learn about the music, but you you should like, that should absolutely be part of the education from the beginning. And so, so many people have had to kind of go through this journey of like, what can I dance to? What do I dance to? What styles go to which music? What do, what is a toxin? How do I dance to a toxin? Where does it fit within the structure of a bigger piece? Right. So many people kind of hit this part and they're just like, oh no. Yeah. What do I do now? I think, I I think there's a really good reason for that besides that, you know, many instructors may not know as much as they would Mm -hmm. like to. I think one of the reasons, uh, I I know I struggled with it in the beginning as well. And and, and a lot of times, you're not, not just in the beginning, but it is something that I think a lot of instructors struggle with because sometimes it just doesn't fit in with the format of the class or the, you know, the type of environment that we're teaching in, whether it's a studio or if it's a recreational class or, you know, the type of students that we have, it just doesn't sometimes fit in. And it's really difficult. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of, um, a sort of trial and error to figure out what your students are interested in because they don't always know. But yeah, I would say that I I think that the the emphasis that I had in the beginning on on music, not not just learning about the music, but I did teach from choreography a lot. And I loved learning core. I still do love learning choreography. But I think that's that's a part of it, too, is that you have to you know, you got to figure out where it's going to fit in with your teaching. And a lot of times it just doesn't come up until later. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it t- then it takes a while because meanwhile, you still got a class and you, and 
you have to practice incorporating it. So I think there are a lot of really good reasons for it. But I, I think that now we have this new, all kinds of new technology that we really can take advantage of both as students and instructors to bring that into our studies. Just that sometimes it's, um, you know, as students, we don't always know that's what we like, but I have been told that people would hear the music and they'd be like, oh my God, I love, I love this dance. And yeah. they hadn't learned anything yet. You know, this is our first class and they're like, oh my God, I love it. And they, they learned like, you know, a couple of little exercises, but they're drawn to it immediately because of the music. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a good clue to explore this more or to at least um, take note on how to incorporate it into the the you know the teaching of the dance as, mm -hmm. as well as the music so you know somebody comes in they love the music they start dancing maybe they don't learn a lot about the actual mechanics of the music or the popular musicians but they've now they've hit intermediate advanced level they're like okay it's time to like jump into the music i'm going to start learning more about this where do they start? I think it really depends on where they are. Yeah. There's um, there's this whole um, intermediate uh, range of dancers. Intermediate is like anywhere from post beginner to pre-professional, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> I mean, range. It's a huge range. And a lot of, you know, it's like, I, I used to have a lot of students who intellectually understood the music, they just weren't able to physically do everything or do, you know, layered movements or, you know, nuanced movements, but they, they enjoyed and appreciated the music. They really got it and they might've studied music. And then I had students who knew nothing about the music, didn't care about the music, but they would dance and you'd be like, wow. <laughs> they know? look like they understand they the music. Like, yeah, they look like. And what they were doing is they were just emulating their instructor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I, I think, I think you have to start with where you are and that, you know, only, you know, you can do that. But um, I feel like there's a disparity between like your confidence level in the dance and your confidence level in the music. And so 100%. Like... <laughs> right? 100,000%. Yes. Yeah, so you do get a lot of students who come in, you know, maybe they're physically, they're able to do all the movements. They're able to, you know, mimic, under, you know, they're able to understand phrasing of the music. You know, that's, that's a big part of music. But as far as like the nuances or like Arabic style expression or, you know, what, what whatever, you know, whatever that means, um, may, or they just, their understanding of the music isn't, isn't really, they're not very confident. And I want to, and I want to em emphasize the personal feeling about it rather than the performance side, because mm -hmm. it's not really about what other people see. I mean, it is about that, but it's, I think it's authentically more about what you are experiencing. So if you are experiencing not so much confidence in the music, then a point to start is just go back to uh, the beginning, which is really um, the four artists, the four legendary artists, Om Kulthum, Farid Al-Atrash, 
Abdel Halim Hafez and Mohammed Abdel Wahab. You cannot really go wrong. And in fact, um, that, that's a really good place to start if you're, in, if you're struggling with music, because a lot of that music is, um, it, it, once, you, once you hear a few, you know, there's a, you start to notice patterns and things. So it's a great place to start. If you even really want to go further back, listen to folklore. That's kind of where, you know, that's kind of the beginning, really. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say that's the beginning. And then there's, you know, the stuff before. <laughs> but as far as performance and, you know, what we what we see today as the performance style, I would say those two genres, which, you know, one is extended from the other, uh, really start with that and just listen, really, um, and learn the learn the vocabulary, meaning what's a toxin, <laughs> right? Right. Right. They're just learning the vocabulary, learning what the instruments are called. Um, in the course, we have a we have several quizzes and games matching the instruments to the sounds that you hear. It's very fundamental. Being able to visualize the instrument that's playing, it makes such a big difference in how you can embody that particular um, instrument or part part of an orchestra. So I think really, um, you know, think about how a, how a child learns things like that, matching and, you know, connecting the dots and things like that, really fundamental things like that, identifying rhythms. And I've, I've heard a lot about rhythm being the foundation. And I, I've experienced two different versions of this. In, work, in some workshops, um, I've heard that you have to know the rhythm. Rhythm is absolutely fundamental from, from drummers, absolutely fundamental. You have to know the rhythms. With the rhythm, you can dance to anything if you know the rhythm. I've heard other drummers say, actually the rhythm doesn't matter that much but if you know it it's great right it's it just you know it's kind of enhance enhances the melody and a lot of times you know i'm like i can't even hear the rhythm but i know what it is because i've studied it i've studied the style of music that this, this rhythm is found in the different types of music types like you know saeed is a really good one i've i've heard a lot of people when i play you know, folklore for them, they're like, I can't hear the rhythm. It's inherently like in the, it's in the melody, you know, if you just don't try to separate them, you can, you know, it does work. It's just, we get fixated on rhythm. Um, and I think we want to study one aspect, study another aspect and make sure that we don't listen or we don't um, always take them in um, split them up, make sure we put them back together again, kind of like the movements in isolation, right? We learn isolations, muscle engagement, learning all these, you know, your chest pops and, be you know, belly pops, just learning how to isolate those muscles. But when we dance, we don't just do that. We don't just, you know, pop up and down and in and out. That's, you know, that's not how it works. We just have to make sure we put it all back together again. Um, and I actually, I'm not the first one who said this. I think I, I, I'm, I think Sahra said this, um, at least I heard it secondhand, <laughs> um, you know, listening to music in, uh, the forms, uh, in the form that it was meant as a whole thing, 
instead of in isolation. But the games, the identification of the rhythms and the instruments. The instruments are really cool. They're really cool. Um, they can sound like um, so, sort of jarring, especially if, you know, in a tuxim when they're played in, in, in as a solo improvised piece. They can, they can sometimes, depending on the instrument, be a little um, sound, they can sound out of tune if you're not used to it, especially some of the you know, some of the horns and things like that. Um, I know I've, uh, I've heard complaints about uh, folkloric music really agitating people. And I have to be honest, I was one of those people. <laughs> Many years ago, I was like, oh my God, I cannot listen to this. <laughs> Actually, there's, there's some Iranian music I'm, today. I'm like, oh my God, I can't listen to this. <laughs> got in the mood, you know, but, but it does take, it takes a while to get your ear used to it. And so really listening, just listening, just listening, not even thinking about dance. That's too distracting. Listening to the music in the way that it was meant to just to be appreciated. And not just the instrumental versions. You know, we're, we're always looking for, you know, performance cuts. And they have, right. full, you know, where I was like, oh, give that's me, too long. Give I me the three minute. Half, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not even like, you're right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I need a three minute version of Ento Omri. <laughs> oh, two and a half? I got it. Okay. It's like, well, first of all, it's a difficult song, you know, but listening to the whole thing, you, you it's just such a different experience. But um, we're, we're always looking for that short piece to perform to. But if we just kind of like, take dance out of it and listen to full original versions of the songs. It's such a different experience. Um, and then with headphones, it's, it's even you know, it's more intense, but it's such a different experience in that it can really carry you away. It can be an out of body experience if you're in the right place in the right mood. And these, you know, the songs, especially classical Egyptian songs, they're very long. One song, 45 minutes to an hour long. And it's, it's not just because of repeats. It's not, it's, it's, it's a long song. There's variations of the verses. There's variations within the chorus. There's so many things that are going on. But even just to listen one time through, it's such a different experience to listen to it without thinking about dance. You really get a sense of, even if you can't understand the lyrics, you get a sense of what the song is. You might not be able to describe it in words, but you'll feel it if you're really listening. And this is something I feel like is really hard to do for us in our society because we are so trained to have an outcome of something, right? It's that We're hustle, not, that hustle grind culture that we always have to be right. doing something and sitting and just listening to music doesn't fit what we've been trained to do. Right. Or you listen and you, you do something else, you do housework or you, you, you something else. Well, my something else is, you know, I, I used to listen while driving. I had a long commute. 
when I, when I was a, in another life, I was a school teacher, I had a long commute and I would listen I, and I would choreograph in my head, but sometimes I would just listen, especially when I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to choreograph. But a lot of times if you just listen and sometimes the choreography will happen the next time you dance to it, you don't need to think about it. You don't need to write it out. This happened to me very frequently when I listened to songs, like long versions of songs, and then I would, I would say, oh, okay, let me dance to, let me dance to this now. And it's, it's amazing. It's almost like, oh my God, I just wrote a choreography. I wish I could remember it. <laughs> but if you think about, if you do that over and over again, it, it, do you really need the choreography? Or maybe it just writes itself over time, you repeat things. But you find that your confidence goes up, not just in dancing to that particular song. Your confidence really soars in, in dancing to any Arabic music, and like any. Like, you listen to Arabic radio, what comes on next? Dance to it. And, you know, if you can name the region it comes from, you know, bonus points. But you'll be able to just dance without thinking. And, and I'm not talking about just bopping around, but you will be able to, at least this, this is my experience, that the music just, you just dance in the music. You don't have to think about it because you already have an understanding and appreciation of the music outside of dance. It's already something that, you're you're I, I always say um let the music flow through your body and, I, and not in a movement kind of way but in a way it's just you know just let it um let the sound waves just imagine that you're being immersed in the sound because you know there are such things as um you know healing methods that sound baths you know sound and music it's you know there is science behind its um therapeutic and other you know, impacts on the brain. We, you know, this, this is something that, that is like very fascinating topic for me. I don't really know all of that, all the science behind it, but I, I have experienced it myself where it can really change the way that um, you think about how you dance because you're not only learning that song, that you that, that you know whatever songs you're listening to you know listen let's say you listen to you know 10 songs and in the next you know few whatever you know whatever amount of time you you've not just learned those 10 songs you've learned 100 songs those concepts patterns yeah those concepts are going to permeate throughout the styles um, and that's, that's kind of how I developed my teaching and performance style is through the music, is how I interpret the music, how I put things together. So, you know, a lot of it is a little bit formulaic when I teach, but when I perform, when I teach, when I create a choreography based on my, my little method, you know, my little formula, when I teach it, it looks one way when I perform the exact same choreography myself, it looks totally different because I know the music, I know the patterns, but I don't have to stay within that um, box. It means 
So I equate it to you've learned the alphabet in block letters, right? Mm -hmm. Well, over time, you learn to smooth out the lines. You learn to make little curly cues at the end of your of your uh, words. And that's kind of the same thing is that you're not just learning the block letters. You're learning the letters, you're learning how to put them together. But the music itself is is like that you um, have this ability to be able to sort of translate those concepts onto other things. And I think and I think that happens for me, it happened a lot just listening, not thinking about it as a dance song. In fact, I um, oftentimes when I didn't feel like dancing or just, you know, was really tired and or going to sleep or um, wasn't able to physically dance. Listening to music was really a, kind of a great escape. Like, okay, good. I don't, I don't have to dance tonight. I can just, I can just, you know, lay here and I can, you know, have a glass of wine. I can play with the cat and just listen. I think that that's such a good thing to have, right? It's, I think it's so good to have these items that we can do to practice when we can't dance, whether that's because we're injured or because, you know, sometimes you just have one of those days and the last thing you want to do is get off the couch and go practice. Like you want the dance and you want the joy that comes with it, but also like today sucked. So like, I'm just going to maybe just sit here and bask in some music, like having the ability to move outside of just dancing as the only thing that we can do to practice and to learn, I think is invaluable. Absolutely. I think for me, a lot of ways and in a lot of ways that listening to music because it because there's so much feeling to it. I mean, it was created with feelings, um, but I, I feel like it's a really great way to process your emotions your you know your day your experiences because so many themes are you know it's like not 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 to you don't have to analyze the music you just you just know you just know certain songs have a certain feeling like i know this song is you know um bouncy and happy and fun and lovey-dovey but you know another song could be like really sad and um you know maybe it's how we're feeling and it feels good to listen to that. I think sometimes we uh, we think that belly dance music, because it's it's uh, sort of uh, our passion and you know, so many of us study it, right? Study. Um, it. I, I feel like sometimes we put different rules on it than other things. I, I know I've done this, that, okay, well, I, I love Arabic music. Well, I have to I have to listen to you know belly dance songs so that I can you know dance to them, whereas you know I don't listen to Western music so I can dance to them. Um, but I mean that's me. I've never really danced to Western music. I don't really know how. I don't think. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think we we sometimes put different rules on things that we take seriously than things that we just enjoy for what they are right so i think sometimes because we're you know most you know I, I think a lot of the dancers who who listen to the podcast and who who subscribe to the belly dance bundle you know there's like a, a lot of uh 
there's a lot of joy in it, but I think we take it really seriously. Well, I mean, I've had people tell me that like, you know, that they lost the joy in the dance. They lost the joy in that, you know, coming back into a community where it it is fun. We try to make it fun and joyful again, right? Like this is one of the things that sucks the joy out of the dance is when we stop listening to the music because we like it. And we start listening to the music because we have to find the next piece that we're going to make, like take it back to the place where no, like, it's just, I'm just listening to this for fun. Not because I'm a dancer. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I, I, I have definitely suffered from that. Um, and it's hard when you're teaching and especially if you're, you know, if you have a lot of different classes, and you have a lot of students expecting things from you. And, and I think it is, it, it, it does, it can suck the joy out of it. Um, I also think that, that, you know, it, if you are aware of it, it's something that you can really get back immediately just, just by, you know, turning it on and then, you know, turning off that other part, but it is, it, it does take, take practice, I think. Um, and, depending on you know what kind of society we you you know you live in that productiveness is still a very much part of our mindset but yeah definitely i think turning off the the brain and turning on the the heart in a way and just listening for appreciation and understanding not in the sense, not in an analytical way, but understanding in a way of, you know, what, what are these feelings I'm feeling (laughs) when I listen to this song, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what, you know, you have to process that you have to, you know, recognize that and pay attention when, when you get those feelings and that, you know, not all music is meant for dance, no matter, you know, what version or what part it is. Some music is just meant to be enjoyed. In fact, a lot of the classical songs weren't created for dance. They were created for listening, mm-hmm. for relating to a culture and humans <laughs> as, as human beings, right? They weren't uh, or- originally for dance. So what I'm hearing is listen with your heart, right? Yeah. Maybe not, Maybe not with your ears and your brain, but like, take some time and listen with your heart and see what happens. And I feel like the way that you're describing it, like processing the emotions of the music and really letting it, letting the music touch you in that way. I don't think it can, there's no way it can't then affect your dance. Absolutely. And I think of it as, you know, when, remember the time when you were a baby dancer and you, you know, remember the first song that you were like, oh my God, I love this song, right? Everyone has one. And remember how that felt when you didn't even know how to dance to it. That's the feeling you want to recapture. That's the feeling that you want when you listen to a new, especially a new piece of music. Not how am I going to dance to this or where am I going to dance to this, but that feeling of, Oh, I love this song. Right? Yeah. Fantastic. Katayun, you're amazing. And this is absolutely fantastic. I'm very excited for people to listen to this because I feel like we went from a place of fear in music to a place of love with music. And like, that is the journey that I know so many of us are on. Like, and, and it's something, you know, we, we move 
back and forth in it as we go through our careers. Cause like you said, it is hard. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are really striving to get analytical with the music. So then sometimes we stop listening with our heart because we're trying to break it down and we forget to put it back together because it is a whole musical piece. Right. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing your insights here and for sharing your knowledge. Can you tell people how do they find you on the internet? How do they connect with you? How do they learn from you? I am on Instagram as Katayun Dance, all one word. I am on Facebook. I've had a couple of different name changes, but whatever name you know me by, you can find me. In fact, just type in Katayun Dance and you will find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and I have a teachable site where all my courses are housed and I'm actually adding some new stuff and reworking some things. Uh, with that. Um, but that's where I am. It's fantastic. Katayun, one last question before I let you go today. We are trying to bring some positivity to the past 18 months of COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns and all of the things that have happened to not only the world, but to our dance community. What would you say is the most positive dance experience you've had over the course of the pandemic? Hands down, dancing for and with myself. That has been the most healing and pleasurable experience I have had. Solitude has actually been great for reconnecting. This is going to sound weird. Reconnecting with everyone else. It shut down the grind culture. Yeah. (laughs) Leaves a lot of space for connection, right? And listening to music and connecting there connecting so. with yourself and what your sense your authentic expression is in in your dance is the best thing you can do for yourself awesome katayun thank you so much everybody who's listening thank you for your time thanks for being here today we fully expect you to go listen to some music after this for sure um so <laughs> Off, off with ye. Go dance, go listen, go listen with the heart, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Taking the music apart, but remembering to put it back together. That part is so key. Having a part of your practice that is just listening can be absolutely transformational. And the best part is that it can happen almost any time in the car, at work, on a walk, in those minutes where you just need to take a moment and escape. We can use all of these little moments in our lives as practice, if it fits, just by taking the time to listen to some music. Katayun's course, Egyptian Classical Music Demystified, is part of the 2021 bundle and is also available on its own for purchase, so definitely, definitely check that out if you want to dive more into this topic. You can find Katayun's site and socials over on the show notes page at thebellydancebundle.com 87. And now, go listen to something other than me. It's time for some music. <laughs>